Welcome to the Kenmore Church Podcast. We are all about filling hearts and fueling mission. We hope this content builds your heart and mind and equips you to reveal Jesus in this season of your life. He, he pushes, if you read those letters in Revelation 2 and 3, the theme just keeps pumping through. Overcome, persevere, who who has victory. It's all the same thing. He's saying, guys, you've got to knuckle under now. Because humanly speaking, it's not going to end well for you just as it didn't for me. But for him who overcomes, and you look at the promises. To him who overcomes, to him who perseveres, to him who has victory, you get to eat of the tree of life. You won't be hurt by the second death. I'll give you the hidden manna. I'll give you the white stone that has that character name put on there. I'll give you authority over nations. I'll dress you in white. I won't blot out your name. I'll acknowledge you before God and angels. In other words, he's going to say your name up there. I'll make you a pillar in the temple. I'll write on you a new name. I'll give you the right to sit with me on my throne. Imagine that. Hang in there. I'm not sure how how that's going to work out, whether we get a chance to sit on the throne on his lap or how that's going to work out. But there's nothing but good news in that. The privilege of sitting with God in heaven. And so perseverance, this, this ticker thing, it's valuable to God. He doesn't just brush it aside as being one of the small factors to him. This is a big deal. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 shows us why. Peter says, For a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, through fires, through drought, through flood, through viruses, all sorts of trials, through persecution, whatever it is. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith And now note the link there between perseverance and faith. Wherever you see perseverance, you're normally going to see in Scripture this word called faith because they're linked together. This faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. He says this perseverance produces a faith that's of greater worth than gold. It says this is the high prize. This is first prize. This is the finest hour for a Christian, is right now when we knuckle under and we go, now I'm pushing through in faith now, and faith is that reliance, now is my greatest hour. Now is the moment where heaven takes notice. Now is the moment when the world can see who are the real Christians and who are the people who can just talk the talk. Now, right now, for us, it's where we begin to dig deep. So this is valuable to God. It proves the genuineness of our faith. Perseverance, he's saying, is the proof of faith. It's the ultimate unquestionable demonstration of your faith. And it puts you in an eternal game. It takes you out of the temporal highs and lows and it says, hang on, I'm digging deep now. I'm grinding into something which gets heaven's attention and it's eternal. Now I'm in the long game here. This one matters. Are you sick? Are you scared of dying? Are you worried about hardship? Are you undergoing pain? Is your family falling apart? Well, God says, now is your finest hour dig deep it's time for faith and faith isn't always that it's going to turn out happily faith is that it doesn't matter because i'm getting bigger than this thing this faith is worth more than gold and peter says also that it's going to result in praise to god and this current situation that we find ourselves is an opportunity for god to receive praise when you and i start looking for new ways in a more than ever open community, to bring connection, to bring relationship, to bring love and to sacrifice. And lastly, to grow our character and capacity, resulting in even more fruit. 
There's something about this journey that we go on that builds our heart, it builds our, it stretches, and stretching's never comfortable, but it always results in increased capacity. James echoes Peter and he says, Consider it pure joy. This is James 1, 2 to 4 if you're taking notes. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. There it is again. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete. There it is, lacking nothing. It says when you, you grapple with God through your hard time and you do it in faith, not alone, in faith, which is reliance on him, then you grow. This word, that it, uh, word group that he uses there, testing of your faith, I looked it up because I know Sandy Bickerton's always here going to test me on the Greek. And the word group there is dokiminion. And this is testing of your faith, dokiminion, which means literally it's a trial of your trustworthiness. Testing of your faith is a trial. You're on trial now. And God is literally saying, hey, let's, let's see how trustworthy. Why would God want to do that? Because he wants to trust you with things. He wants to entrust you with more. He's not looking to punish you. It's not because you've been bad. He's saying, I, I have all these kingdom assignments that need doing. Who has the strength to handle them? Because I need to get this impact into the world and I need to see who can I rely on to have that strength. But if all we have is talk, then God can't take that to the bank, so to speak. He's saying, I need to exercise. I need to put this trustworthiness on trial. And even though he doesn't bring the pain, he doesn't bring the sickness in my view, he will use it for a greater purpose. You can deal God anything, a pair of twos, and he'll still win any hand. He didn't deal it, but he'll still win the hand. He wants to demonstrate and get glory out of this whole process. See, life resistance is not your enemy. Pain, suffering is not your enemy, it's your friend. It's not a sign to stop. It's not a sign to back away. It's not a sign to question God. It's a time to lock in. It's a time now to persevere in faith. And it's helpful to know when that time is and not to just do a, 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 a I call it a peak push. Sorry, when I, when I was younger and fitter and on a bike, we had this, I had this term called a peak push. What that means is you, when you're on a bicycle, if anyone here is, is doing that, you see a hill and you think, oh, no, I can, I can sprint up this hill. So you're off the saddle, you change your posture and you hook in. And up goes the wattage to four times what you were doing and you just peak push, you go over the hill. But there's a time where on a bike and joggers you'll find the same thing where you come around, you think you're on a hill and it's going to end soon, but you come around a corner. They have a term for it in some of the rides I used to be about called the WTF bend. scares me how much we know exactly what that means, right? If you get around the corner and you think it's about the end and you look and it's just gone from 8% to 12% and there's no end of this thing and you go, WTF? It's like, now what do I do? Now what do I do? Because there's no turning back. I've just blown up all my energy trying to do a, doing a push through. Now I need to set back down. Now I need to change my posture, get back on the seat. We used to call it chewing the tape. And you'd get down there and grind this thing out. And when you change that posture, you can grind for one or two hours up some of these higher alpine climbs. You can just knuckle under, you, you, you get the right cadence and you just go. You just grind and you just keep going. And the human soul has an ability when it hits the grind mode to just keep going and just keep persevering. 
And so we need to at times change our spiritual posture. I think we're in one of these now. I think we've tried the, the peak push through all the other calamities. Now we're in a moment. Now it's time to change posture. Now it's time to grind. And the grind is a posture of hope and it's faithfulness and a sustainable cadence that we can keep going through this. We're not getting weaker through this. We're going to come out the other end stronger and more powerful. But it's easy in those sort of moments. And if, if, if you've done this a few times... This question may echo in your mind, is this not just my strength? Is this not just up to me? I mean, God's abandoned, God's gone, calamity's here, now it's just me. Now it's up to me just to be faithful. Am I expected to glorify God now through my own strength? Is that what this is all about? And I just want to come to the point this morning that that's exactly the opposite of what this is about. Remember that... uh, James and Peter said that these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. Faith and perseverance are housemates. And faith is, I'm only getting through this because I'm relying on him in a certain way to do it. This common connection between faith and perseverance. Hebrews 10.36 puts it in an interesting way. The writer says, You need to persevere... So that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what has been promised. There's a reward. And then he adds, but the righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. In other words, shrinks away from the walk of faith. Shrinks back from the walk walk of perseverance. The righteous one lives by faith. See, it's a partnership. In this persevering time, it's not just your legs on the pedal going through. It's now it's a time to say, what's my posture? My posture is now going to be, I'm leaning back now into God. Now there's strength with him that I need to tap into. With that sort of perspective, look again at Isaiah 40, which is one we often, we love to quote. Sometimes rightly, sometimes it's a bit wobbly the way we apply this, but you look at the context in Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary. That's the key there, right? He gives strength to us, to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Point there, he's saying... Even at your peak, you're going to stumble and fall. But God's giving you now strength in those times. Those who hope in or wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Why? Because it's not their strength. Because youth will grow weary. Your faint will fail. But you can do it with God. And here's another great word. It's not the Greek. Sorry, Sandy. This one's Hebrew. It's corvor. This is what that word hope or wait in the Lord is corvor. And it doesn't mean I'm just waiting on God to turn up because I'm getting lonely here and I'm getting tired. It's not just waiting on God the way, and it's not even waiting on him the way some some teachings have come in recent uh, decades where we're serving God. It's it's different to that because the, the original word means to bind or twist together. That's what the word root actually means. It's waiting on God. I'm twisted with him. I'm rooted in him. Now in this time, I'm knuckling under. This is where my strength comes from because I'm wrapped up now in him. I can't do this alone. You're never meant to. You're never being asked to. God wants you to persevere through faith, relying on him. And pastorally, we get really interesting moments now because now is a time of all the anecdotes and all the catchphrases, and, and I love them too. But having been in the game now for a number of decades, as a number of you have as well, sometimes we hang out for the one day, don't we? We say, one day it's going to be all better. It's okay. We feel obliged to be positive, which is great. 
But sometimes we overpromise on something that's going to underdeliver. We say, don't worry, it's going to be fine. It's going to come through. You'll get through this. It's, the, the circumstances will fade. That sickness will go. All that kind of thing. And you think, yeah, I'll hang on to that. But I've had too many conversations in the last fortnight with people, not, nothing to do with this current situation, saying, I had those promises and things didn't change. You know, I'm still sick. These people that I was praying for have died. And it happens. And it's the reality. It's the pastoral reality of life. I have no shortage of faith to see amazing things happen. But to be honest with you, I've buried as many people as I've prayed for to be healed. Number have been healed, number haven't. And the bottom line is 100.0% of us are going to pass away unless Jesus comes again. So sometimes our one day that we hope for doesn't actually come. And it's one of the most sobering and yet powerful moments is when we actually realise, you know, everything may not be okay. We've been a little bit spoiled. But if you'd lived in the, through the Middle Ages, every year or so the plague would come through and wipe out a third of the population or more. Vikings would come and rape and plunder the house and kill the population. In World War II, try to convince people that this wasn't the beginning of Armageddon and the time of tribulation as millions upon millions passed away. Then the Spanish flu comes. Then the Second World War comes. Tens of millions of people didn't have a happy day, did they? And so that's just life. It always has been life. And so what we can pray for and what we can persevere in is to say, if that day visits me, it finds me persevering. It finds me being about that which is worthy. It finds me still trusting in God and, and loving people and reaching out and demonstrating Him. And I get to meet Him face to face one day. But I live my life not needing the other day, but relying on Him and viewing these circumstances very different. If God tells me it's going to change, if God tells me it's going to break through, if God tells me I'm going to be healed, then take it to the bank. Absolutely. Happens every day. But we don't place our faith in something that God hasn't said. If that's hope, and hope is good. Hope is, have, is relying on something that he hasn't said, but we can still aim for. Faith is very different. Faith, we're trusting in his character and his word. Very different. You take that to the bank. And so we need to be sober about this. And I find, once you get through the disappointment of that, that God's not going to fix everything in my life, there's actually a security in that to know I'm digging deep into something else here now. He will always get me through. I can always return to joy because my joy isn't reliant on that. It's reliant on something else. John the Baptist was in prison, and I've used this many times now. You know John the Baptist's story. He's in prison. He's seen Jesus come. He's leapt in the womb, he's seen the dove come down, he's heard God's voice declaring, this is my son, the Lamb of God in whom I'm well pleased. He above all people knew Jesus was the one. But then John ends up in prison. This is, and Jesus, the one who declared, I'm here to set the captives free. There's John going, well, what about hey, cousin John? And so he sends the messages to Jesus and to say, are you the one? And Jesus performs a few miracles and does a few great things. And he says, now go back to John with what you see, hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is being proclaimed. Everything you wanted, John, but blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Saying, I'm not going to release you from prison, my dear friend. And he gets in the same breath, say, there's been no one in the kingdom greater than this man. And yet, he lost his head through the whole process. And we begin to understand there is just so much more 
to this thing called Christian life. Once we get past the requirement for circumstances to be fantastic, there is so much more gold that lies underneath the surface of what we have. When you can go through things to the point where it actually doesn't matter to me anymore. Because when you're, in, when you're a pastor of a church or you're heading up a company or you've got all sorts of responsibilities, at the moment, you don't want to watch the 6 o'clock news because you don't know what the ramifications are going to be for the week that you've just spent all that time planning. But then you get to this point where this has happened so often and so many days in a row now that it doesn't matter what the 6 o'clock news brings because I'm going to be okay and we'll just deal with it when it comes. But tomorrow's going to find me being faithful. Tomorrow's going to find me walking with God. And he promises that he always gives me what I require to live his life. He gives me the counsel, the strength and the grace to get through. And I can always choose to return to joy. See, we need to understand that overcoming is a two-sided coin. There is two elements to this. There's the breakthrough. There's the miraculous. There's the intervention that can only result when God changes a circumstance and babies are born where there previously was no womb and someone's raised up from cancer or something else amazing happens. That's overcoming. That's breaking through. It's fantastic. That's overcoming. But the other side of that coin is just as fantastic. It's where we break out. It's where I'm so full of God within. There's so much faith. There's so much joy in me. There's so much strength he's given me. I don't break out, break through. Now I can break out. I'm bigger than the problem. It's just get out of the way. It just doesn't matter anymore. That's overcoming too. And which side of the coin is really up to God. But we can choose. If this one doesn't happen, I'm going to break, uh, break out anyway. Break through and break out. And perseverance is not waiting for God to clear away the storm. Jesus slept through the storm. He was happy to sleep there in the boat. The disciples woke him up and go, aren't you afraid? Overcoming is not needing that storm to go. Overcoming is saying there's no storm in me. And only when there's no storm in you have you got authority over the storm that's on the outside. It's working with God to become bigger than the storm, regardless of what happens. That's overcoming. That's persevering. Philippians 4 Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The blessing of this moment right now, guys, for all of us, is we get a chance now to say, I'm going to tap into God's strength. When it's all said and done, I'm a bit tired anyway. My strength's run out. How about I tap into his now? And that becomes the new spiritual discipline. The goal of perseverance isn't to wait long enough for the problem to go away, but to get big enough that it no longer owns you. Because either way, you win. Either way, you win. Let's pray. I wonder what your storm is today. I wonder what your situation is. I know many of us are going through lots of stuff, significant, untrivial matters. I pray for you. I bless you today. I bless you with the strength of God. I'll bless you with the faith required to lean in him so that you could break out, that the joy in you can overcome the trial. I pray too for breakthrough. I pray victory. I pray that things would circumstantially shift and change. I pray for miracles. I pray for healings. And I pray for grace to enable all of us who are going through whatever we go through to overcome anyway. To not be ashamed to cry a tear but allow ourselves to return again to joy. Lord, I thank you in this moment where our country 
has, a, has a, an opportunity to be shaken. To some extent, to some of us, it feels like it's going to shake us to death. To others, it's inconsequential. One person's trial is another person's opportunity. But Father, we recognise the moment as your moment now. Father, will you give your people courage and give us perseverance? Lord, give us strength and most of all, give us joy. The joy that I hear as we've been worshipping you today. The joy that breaks through regardless of the circumstance. And if you need God to work in your life in whatever way, you're trembling in your heart, fear has been looking for a way in, your body is not operating the way it should. There's things going on there. Your family is in trouble. Just put your hand now on your heart. Father, I pray, grace, the grace that we need, the empowering presence of God, where there's healing, release healing. Where there's unforgiveness, Lord, bring the grace to forgive. Where there's fear, bring faith. But Lord, let these hearts no joy for the kingdom of God is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit